here worshiping God, and, and he would still be worthy of even more. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We're so thankful for your goodness and your mercy and your love and your faithfulness. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. Our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Deliverer, our Provider. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Say that with me. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. All right, let's try to see if I can. I'm off. I'm I'm off. We got to get me in with you and we got to get this together. So for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here as our teacher and our guide, showing us things to come, giving us revelation and insight and understanding. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so grateful. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to ask you a question, um, and you may have heard this before, but uh, um, how do you know when you've prayed enough? Anybody? That's good. Well, all of those are good. You don't is, is enough, but it's when you don't want to quit praying. How do you know when you've worshipped enough? When you don't want to quit worshipping? How do you know when you've given enough? Given enough? When you don't want to quit giving? How do you know when you've just spent enough time with your Father, God? When you don't want to leave His presence? And so if that's, if, 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 you know, if you come to church, none of you, but it'd be people at other churches in other states, maybe in California or something, right? I was born in California, so I can kind of make fun of the California people because I was born there, but I tried to get out as soon as I could. Um, but, uh, um, and if you're from California, we love you, but um, uh, you know that you've worshipped God enough when you just don't want to quit worshipping him. So if those people from those other states and those other churches that were like, would just, you know, if you, if you ever come to church and you think, man, I wish they would just, you know, shorten the worship then that just, that's just an, it's, it's a thermometer that tells you that your worship life style is not sufficient privately because you're having a hard time worshiping publicly. And if you ever come to a prayer meeting or in, in most churches, not this church I'm sure, but in most churches, if you, if you have a potluck, then everybody shows up. But if you have a prayer meeting, then you get a percentage of the people. Um, and so if you would ever be that person that would be at the prayer meeting and say, man, what, do we have to pray that long? That's a thermometer that tells you that your personal prayer life needs some growth, some development, needs some adjustment. If you've ever tired of hearing the preacher tell a, talk and preach about giving and sowing into the kingdom of God and sowing and reaping, giving and receiving and and, and financing the kingdom and the gospel, 
If, that, if you ever get tired of your pastor or whoever is preaching, whoever the guest minister might be, relax, I'm not talking about that this morning. It just shows that your personal, you haven't, let's say it like this, you haven't received all the grace that's available because the Bible says he'll make all grace abound unto you so that you can have all sufficiency to give into every good work. And so that just shows, it's it's a thermometer of your personal life that there's something that needs to be adjusted. So what if you went into the house and it was, you went home and say, well, not in Florida because it doesn't get cold here. So I'm going to figure out where I'm at here because I travel all over. But say it was 100 degrees inside your house and you looked at the thermometer and it said it was 100 degrees, then you would automatically go and say, I've got to make some adjustments. You'd move the, we don't slide it anymore. It's all digital, you know, on your phone, right? You'd make an adjustment. And then if it still didn't start cooling off, you'd go out to the, the breaker and say, if the, the, you know, you'd go doing some research and making some adjustments. And so if you're here this morning and we worship too long or we pray too long or there's too much word given out and you, and we all get tired, I understand there's a balance, but just encourage you this morning that the way you know where your relationship is with God is if you just want to spend more time in his presence. You want to spend more time praying and, and serving and giving and worshiping and, and, and just, you just, Lord Jesus, I want to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness because then he promises that all these other things will be added unto you. Amen. Praise God. Um, hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to give you a little overview of where, who I am and where I came from. Uh, I was born in Secret Valley, California. Uh, has anybody heard of Secret Valley, California? It, it's a secret. It's not a secret because we're trying to, we have anything, there's nothing good there that you're trying to like keep to ourselves. It's not that kind of secret. Uh, it's the kind of secret that nobody, anybody that's ever been there, you don't want to stay there too long. And so you don't want to tell anybody about it because they might ask you to take you there. And so um, it's, it, there's, there's nothing there, but I was born in a 35-foot travel trailer with no running water, no electricity, no flush toilet, um, nothing. Uh, and uh, I didn't start going to school until I was in the fourth grade, basically. I did some homeschool a little bit. There was no school bus where I lived for the elementary school, so I couldn't get to school. Um, and so uh, I was really far behind in my education, and uh, I was in special education classes growing up. Um, basically all the way through school, uh, and I, I had the lowest GPA of my high school graduating class. Now, there were some kids that, there were a few teenagers, I guess I should call them, that, that had lower GPAs than I had, but they didn't graduate on time. They were what we called super seniors. <clears throat> they were the ones that had the, they were on the five-year plan. So I graduated in four years by this, the skin of my teeth, and uh, they, there were some other ones that had lower GPAs, but they um, graduated on the five-year plan, hopefully. Some of them probably didn't graduate at all, but, but um, there's grace for everybody. Um, uh, but I had the lowest GPA of those that graduated. It's funny because my best friend had one of the highest GPAs. He had all this stuff hanging on him. This, like, I don't know what they were, like uh, something, Lada, Kuma, something. I don't know what it was, but I was just glad to be there. I was just glad to graduate. I'll tell you this, it's funny, I still have dreams. They're nightmares, really, but they're not really nightmares, they're just like dreams, because I'm not like scared, but 
that I'm at the last couple days of school and I'm still not sure if I'm going to graduate because I don't know if I'm going to get credits in some of those classes. That's how close it was. Um, and I still have dreams about that. It's, it's, it's kind of, uh, they're, they're just nervous dreams. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't have to do high school again. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I tell you all this, I'm going somewhere with this. It's not just to tell you my sad story, but um, uh, then I, I just, I had just enough, I had one point enough, I t- took the ASVAB to go in the Navy, in the military, and I had one point enough to get uh, a job as an aviation electronics technician. And if you know anything about electronics, it's mostly math, which is, was, was my worst subject in school. And so I, I didn't like it, but I actually graduated top of my class at NAS Pensacola in aviation electronics. I was... But by the grace of God, it was actually, I was number two. Well, I guess this part of it wasn't the grace of God. It was just the foolishness of man. But the guy that was number one popped a drug test for marijuana. And so I became number one. And he, he, he became number dishonorably discharged. Uh, but um, so, um, um, so I, I really, education wasn't my thing. I really struggled in school. And when I was in, when I was a, a junior, no, yeah, junior. When I was a junior, I was, I had a biology class and I was studying and um, I, my, I wasn't really doing a very good job. And so I was not going to get credit for that class. They were going to, so I dropped the class and I stopped going to school in that, during that period. And I would sit outside my biology classroom window and read my Bible. And that's where I got filled with the Holy Ghost, got filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where I started speaking in other tongues. And I, when I was in elementary school, they sent me to counselors because I was so shy. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't have any friends, didn't want to talk to anybody. And so they sent me to counselors. And so I was really clinically shy. I, I didn't talk to anybody. Uh, so I have proof. So some of you would say, I'm, if I asked you to raise your hand, if you're shy or not, you probably wouldn't raise your hand because you're shy. But <laughs> if, I asked you to, if I asked you to think and ponder quietly on the inside... Whether or not you were shy or not, you would quietly ponder on the inside and say, yes, I'm, I'm shy. But, but were you clinically shy? That would be the question. And so I was clinically shy. They sent me to counselors for it. So it didn't really do any good. But then I got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And, and it gave me the boldness. Because the Bible says that, that we'll be, in the book of Acts, that we'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. And God will give us power to be a witness. And so I'm not, obviously, not super shy anymore. Um, and so uh, God's been good to me. But I'm telling you all this because um, I'm, I'm encouraging you. When I come to the States, when I'm traveling the States, I do it for two reasons. One is to advocate for the different ministries and outreaches that we're a part of, that we do, that God has given us grace to, to start and to cultivate in China and Laos and Myanmar and Thailand. Um, the other reason is to encourage the church in America that the grace of God, which is just God's ability to do what you couldn't do in the natural in your own strength. I mean, there's a lot of really good definitions of grace, but that's one of them. That God's grace is available for you to reach Apopka and Florida and America and wherever God has called you to be an influence. But the grace of God doesn't just come on you, just like, in, just like speaking in tongues. Great, you don't just, God doesn't take over your lips and they just start moving and you can't control it. Right. He gives you 
the utterance, and then you have to open your mouth and speak it out. So it's the same thing with the grace of God. You have to, you have to embrace the grace. You have, to, you have to work with the grace. You work together with the grace of God, you, or you lean into the grace. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're trying to be supported by something, you, gotta, you, you lean into it, and then the stage is strong enough to support me. But if I just stand there, I, all my weight is, I'm, I'm having to support all my weight myself, but if I, but if I, I lean into it, then the, now the stage is keeping me from falling over. God's grace is available to do whatever he's called you to do, but, and there's way more grace available than any of us have ever tapped into. But we've got to receive it, and then we've got to, we've got to work and cooperate together with the grace of God. And so uh, I want to share with you some testimonies of what God has done to encourage you that Wow, you can do some really big things, some really tremendous things for the kingdom of God if you'll just receive God's grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we first moved to China, and uh, my wife and, uh, and I and my seven-month-old son, Joshua, we moved to China in 2007. I first went to China in 2005. I've been traveling to China and doing ministry in China since 2005, but we moved there in 2007. And um, we opened a restaurant as an outreach to a uh, 16,000 student university. And so the university students would come to the restaurant, and God gave me grace to open the restaurant. And they would come to the restaurant to try Western food, tacos and pizza and steaks and all kinds of food, uh, milkshakes and, and um, all kinds of stuff. And um, then we would, they would come to the restaurant to try Western food, and then we would share the gospel with them. We would develop relationships with them and share the gospel with them. And so right now in China, we have 38 different department heads in Asia um, over the different outreaches of ministry, and 37 of those 38 came to Christ through the restaurant outreach. Praise God. And so um, I tell you that to just encourage you that it's, it, was, it wasn't one big step like, it was, it was the step of saying, I'm going to go to Bible school. And, and in, when I was in America, we would do all kinds of outreaches in America. We didn't, we didn't just, you know, I used to do nursing home visitation. I've cleaned bathrooms. I've cleaned toilets. I've, I've done, um, went to, you know, neighborhoods and trailer parks and done evangelism. And I've fixed the church van and I've ran sound and I've ran the, the projector and I've ran the the, what are those things we used to use? Those slot, the overhead, overhead. the overhead with the with the the things you flip. Uh, <laughs> had we forgotten about those until just today? But um, I, and I so I served God in many 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 different ways. I mean I've 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 run plumbing uh, under my pastor's house. I've run heating ducts and cooling ducts under another pastor's house when I was just what sixteen. I put a whole heating system under my pastor's house. Uh, when I was 15, my dad kicked me out, and I moved in with my pastor. They took me in. He was a Rama graduate, and that's how I got connected with, with Rama. But, um, and then they, needed, they, had, they didn't have central heat, and I was the only guy small enough to fit under the house. Because, <laughs> and, and so I was volunteered, and I volunteered. And, and, so I, and, so, but I, and so I put heating ducts under this little bitty house that was like... There were places where, like, I could barely get into, and um, I was a little smaller then, not a lot, but um, so what I'm telling you is it was step by step, taking little steps of obedience and doing what God presents before you, and so 
uh, I'm not asking you to go out and do anything just big tomorrow, but spend more time with God. Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. If you'll turn there with me or if they're able to put it up there, but I'm going to read it either way. Uh, Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. It says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And I want to focus on the second part of this, where it says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And so, if, if you're, as, as I say it like this, as we walk through our life, we should have just came out of an exploit, like it's in the rear of your mirror. Like I just finished an exploit, and that, that exploit should still be producing fruit for the glory of God. And then we should be right smack dab in the middle of an exploit. And, that, and, and, and we should be working on that exploit and working with the grace of God to produce fruit for the glory of God. And then we should be, while we're in the middle of this exploit, we should be praying and planning and preparing and sowing and giving towards the next exploit. It should be a continual cycle of finishing, finishing an exploit in the middle of an exploit and on the way to the next exploit. Because the Bible says, and I didn't write this, but it says, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So if you're here this morning and you haven't done any exploits for God, then I would, you would have to ask yourself, I won't ask you, you have to ask yourself, do I know God? Now, I'm not saying that you're not born again, but there, you can know God in one area of your life and not know him in another area. You can know him as your savior, but not know him as your healer. You can know him as your healer, but know, not know him as your provider. And so if, if, and so you, you can be born again. Your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I'm not saying you're not born again, but I didn't write this. And it says those that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And so there should be exploits that are coming out of our lives as we walk with God, as we know him. Because of the grace of God that he's, he, he equips us, he enables us to do those things. And so if you're here this morning, you're like, wow, you know, I've never, I, I, if I, when I look in my rear view mirror, I don't see any exploits in my past. And you're like, I'm sure I'm not standing in the middle of an exploit right now. And then if you're looking in your scope on your rifle, I know you guys are like a hunting family church, you'd like, like guns here so not everybody but that's okay you don't have to um but um if you're looking in your rifle uh and you're looking through your scope and you're like no matter where i look i don't see any exploits in my future i'm not asking you to go out tomorrow and start an exploit i'm what i would encourage you to do is go out and spend more time with your god to get to know him because that ministry will flow out of the relationship out of the time you spend in the word, the time you spend praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how, that's how my family and I got to China. We started spending hours and hours praying in other tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then God started giving us a heart for the lost. So for those of you that aren't hunters, you can look through your binoculars <laughs> at the beautiful birds and the exploits that are there or not. 
And so whether you're looking through a binocular or whether you're looking through a scope, there should be an exploit in your vision. You, you should have vision for the future. But that's going to come. You get vision, not your vision, but God's vision. God will give you, because God provides for his vision. Not just your vision. And so the grace of God is available. But spend time. Go, don't go out and start an exploit. Go spend time with God until you don't want to quit worshiping. You don't want to quit reading. You don't want to quit giving. You just like, Lord, I love you so much that I want to seek you first. I don't want to put you as a priority first. You know, seeking first the kingdom of God is not just ten, the first 10 minutes in the morning or the first hour of the morning. Now that's part of it and that's good. And whether it's an hour first thing in the morning or five minutes or a minute, whatever you give him, that's part of it. That's the first step. But seeking first the kingdom of God is a matter of priority, a matter of order. Like what gets the majority of your time, your thought, your energy, your resources? That's how you are able to measure whether or not you're seeking first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And so God wants us, and so there's a lot of Christians that are frustrated because they're like, well, I gave God my first 10 minutes, so I sought first the kingdom, but it doesn't seem like all these other things are being added unto me. And I would just encourage you by saying, maybe you're not seeking first the kingdom. Maybe you're giving him the first 10 minutes of your day. But look at your life and say, what am I really seeking first? Like Pastor was saying, people would, you know, hell or high water, they're going to go to, to go to, they're going to be at work. You know, I've heard other people say, good Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. You guys get a lot of rain around here, so you probably have a lot of creeks rising. So I don't think that probably stops you too much, but... Um, so God is wanting us to, ex- to do exploits for his kingdom. Hallelujah. One, one other scripture I want to read here. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. If you'll turn there with me, please. Romans 1, 16 and 17, one of my favorite scriptures. The apostle Paul wrote this, and he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ... For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now if I was, I'm not going to ask you, so don't stand up. But if I was to ask you, if you're not ashamed of the gospel, I want you to stand up. Then probably all of you would stand up because you're here at whatever time it is on Sunday morning, 10 or 11.30, whatever time it is. Um, so you would all stand up because if, you wouldn't be here at church on Sunday morning if you were ashamed of the gospel. Or maybe you're a first-time visitor. Um, but uh, you know how we know that we know that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the apostle Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel? Because everywhere he went, he was preaching the gospel. And he was, he was stoned, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked. He was actually, I believe, stoned to death or very, very close to death if he wasn't. 
and then raised from the dead, he, was, he, was, he went through all kinds of persecution for the, for the sake of the gospel because he refused to quit preaching the gospel. And so if I was to ask you to stand up this morning, if you are not ashamed of the gospel, but I gave you the parameters that said the, the only way we can be certain that you're not ashamed of the gospel is if you've been sharing the gospel, then stand up. Then, so I'm not asking you to stand up. I'm asking you to assess on the inside whether or not you're ashamed of the gospel or not. Take look. Have you? Did you share the gospel in the last day, in the last week, in the last month, in the last year, in the last five years, in the last twenty years, in the last fifty years? How much of your time and energy have you put on to sharing the gospel? And then we rate your being ashamed or not being ashamed of the gospel based on the amount of time you've spent sharing it. And that's for some people a very sobering thought. Like. Now, I'm going to be nice to you this morning because it's my first time here and I, I want to come back and I don't want you to be all like, so, so I'm going to give you some outs, okay? But they're only temporary outs. They're basically like, they're like, a, a, you get a one pass. I don't know what, you, what I don't play golf. Was it a bogey? Is that what it's called? Mulligan. A mulligan, whatever. See, I told you I don't play golf. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to give you a, one mulligan. So maybe you're, you're not ashamed of the gospel because if you, if you were ashamed of the gospel, you wouldn't be here on Sunday morning. But maybe you're just shy. You're really shy and you, you, your personality is that just you're, you're always quiet. You never talk to anybody. When you go to the store, you, you mind your own business. When you're at work, you mind your own business. When you're at school, you mind your own business and you're just like, I'm just shy. Well, here's your mulligan. That's okay for now. But the Bible says that, the, that in the book of Acts, I already quoted it, that that you'll receive the Holy Ghost and God will give you power to be a witness. So there's power available to be a witness if you'll just tap into it. So it's not an excuse. I told you I was shy. I told you I was clinically shy. It's not an excuse. If You can still be shy at work when you're doing whatever you're doing or at the store, whatever you're doing. But when the Holy Ghost says to share the gospel, which he says to share the gospel with all creatures and to preach the gospel to all creation, you can't be shy there. So what you need to do is get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then if you're already filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to allow the Holy Ghost to work through you and in you and yield to the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues because that'll, that'll, the the Bible says um, in the book of Jude that you can build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so if you'll do that, God will take that shyness in the area of sharing the gospel and being a light. Because we should all be getting people born again, getting people spirit-filled, and helping people grow up spiritually. And you can't be shy in those areas as a believer because the reason you're here this morning, the reason myself and other ministers of the gospel are here is to equip you for the work of the ministry, which is sharing the gospel, getting people healed and delivered and set free, helping people grow up spiritually. And so you can't be shy. So you get a mulligan or a bogey or whatever it is. You get one. But you need to let the Holy Ghost help you. Or maybe you're here this morning, you say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but I just don't know how to share the gospel. And so we, we already heard this morning, there's a Bible school. There's 
three different ways that you can go to the school, or you can just keep coming to church and learn. There's books available. There's, there's people here that will help you, teach you how to share the gospel. So if, if I come back in a year or five years or 10 years and I ask people to stand up, because now you, have, you don't have an excuse anymore. So next time I might just have you stand up. So just to let you know, you get, you get a mogi, a mogi. It's a mogi now. <laughs> now it's a mogi. <laughs> Not Oak Mogi. That's a place in Oklahoma. Um, so next time I might have you stand up. You can assess your life and say, Am I ashamed of the gospel based upon these parameters that knowing that you're not ashamed of the gospel is if you're sharing the gospel? Praise God. And so God's been so good to us. He's been so faithful. Um, I want to read John chapter 15, verse 16 and 17. John chapter 15, verse 16 and 17. says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Isn't that good? How many of you weren't choosing Jesus when he found you? <laughs> weren't looking for him, we're, we're, but he chose you. And it, it, whether, you, whether you understand it or not, really that was all of us. Jesus, the Bible says, unless the Holy Spirit draws us, we can't come. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So he chose us to bear fruit. So there should be fruit born and produced from our lives. That's why he created us. He created us in Christ, the Bible says in another place. Unto good works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I was talking about the grace and how we have to cooperate with the grace of God, how we have to work together with the grace of God. And I want to I read what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 through 11. Now, remember, this is the Apostle Paul who wrote a great majority of the New Testament, and we get so much revelation and understanding from him, but this is what he says. He says, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they, yet not I, but the, grace of God, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm an apostle, but I'm one of the least, that I am the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. And he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. There's going to be a lot of Christians that stand before God, born again, at the end of the age, and God's going to say, you know, I had so much grace that was available. All of us, I think. I, I really believe that there was, there's, there's more grace than any of us have ever received yes. or, or yielded to or yes. allowed to work in our life. Yes. Come on. We're going to look back and, and say, 
there was a lot of grace that was in vain that God gave, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lean into the grace. I didn't embrace the grace. I didn't receive the grace. He says, his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly, which means he was working together with the grace. It didn't just come on him and make him, you know, his arm didn't just start going like, what's that? And then the person's like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, well, I guess I'm supposed to share the gospel with you because my arm wouldn't stop moving. (laughs) And then he said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. So he was, he, and that's a, that's a pretty bold statement. I don't, I know I couldn't say that. I know some people that work harder than I do for the gospel. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was, worth, which was with me. So he was working together with the gospel, with the grace. And God was enabling him to do what God had told him to do. I'm going to read Titus chapter 3, verse 8, and then I'm going to share some more testimonies of what God has done. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8 says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly. This should be something that you should be hearing constantly. You should, we should be affirming to ourselves. This is what he was affirming to the people. He said, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly. We constantly eat meals, right? Like, we're, we're pretty constant about breathing. Everybody constantly breathing. If you're not constantly breathing, raise your hand. <laughs> okay, we'll do CPR. I'm not currently certified, but I've been certified many, many times in the military and different jobs I've had, so I'll, I'll give it my best. <laughs> I want to I want to I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. This is a faithful saying and these things I want to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. God wants What are good works? Good works are works that produce fruit for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. People being born again, people being spirit-filled, people growing up spiritually. There's so many scriptures. Like I said before, you're not saved by your works. You're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. But once you're born again, then God expects fruit from us. The Bible says he wants fruit and fruit that remains. And so before I go telling some of the testimonies of what God has done and what he's allowed us to be part of in China and these other countries, um, I want to thank you all because whether you know it or not, and thank you, pastor, and and, um, whether you know it or not, you guys have given financially and you've prayed for our ministry and you guys have a part in what what, what we've been doing. And so when I tell that we've rescued girls from human trafficking, you have a part in that. Um, when, when, I, when I give these testimonies of what God has done, you, I, if, you, if you're kind of sarcastic, anybody that's a little sarcastic, a little bit like likes to joke around a little bit, those are probably normally not the people 
that are shy, which it could be, that could be they're maybe they're shy until they get to know somebody and then they're really sarcastic. But um, so if you'd like to be a little sarcastic and joke around, somebody asks you, what'd you do yesterday? You could say, well, I, I was helping rescue girls from sex trafficking. And they'd be like, what? Or you could say, well, I was preaching um, at a Bible school at the underground church in China. And they'd be like, I didn't know you flew out of the country. Like, how'd you get back so quick? Um, you don't look like you're on, you have any jet lag. And like, well, you know, what? the way I do it, there's no jet lag. <laughs> and so, uh, but because of your prayers and because of your financial giving, the partnership, you're, you're doing, you have a part in what we're doing. And so we thank you for that. Um, so I want to tell you one testimony of we, how we started rescuing girls from human trafficking. We had, uh, we had the restaurant, and I was looking for waiters and waitresses to uh, hire. And I put up posters at the, at the university. And this girl came on the, in the evening of Friday, and she filled out the application. And uh, she was looking for a job. And so I said, come back on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., and I'll do an interview. And uh, so I got there Saturday morning and my manager and I were there and we're waiting. 9 a.m. comes and leaves and she doesn't show up. 10 a.m., 11 a.m. And so like around noon on Saturday, we have these two glass doors and I see her walk up towards the doors and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like she showed up three hours late for a job interview expecting to get hired. Is there anybody in this room that has showed up three hours late for a job interview and got hired? That's not, no, it doesn't happen, okay? She may be the only person in the history of the entire world that got hired. And so on the inside, I'm thinking, I, I don't, I've got other people that have applied and I've interviewed them and they're all unqualified. None of them have any experience working at a restaurant and, I, and everybody else showed up on time. And so, uh, but on the inside, I'm always endeavoring to listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so you could say that in another way. You could say, sons and daughters of God, children of God, should always be endeavoring to be led by the Spirit of God. It's available to you. I'll say it like this, even with with the clothes you pick out. Now, you don't have to do you, I'm not getting spooky spiritual. You don't have to ask God about the clothes to wear for that day. But I'll tell you that there was, a, there, was, there was a day that I asked God what clothes to wear and he told me and it created a conversation with a person that I met that day because of what I was wearing that actually allowed me to share the gospel. So what I'm telling you is whatever you allow God to get involved with in your life, whether it's the vehicle or the clothes or the food or the restaurant, you choose whatever it is that you allow to get God to get involved with he'll be involved with, and he'll use it for his glory. And whatever you become selfish, pastor was talking about selfishness this this morning, whatever you allow yourself to be selfish about, and you just think about you and yours and your own and, and how it's gonna affect you and your preference, we all have preferences, right? Which is okay, God's given us a, our own, sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll even use our preferences, but your preference should never override the leadership of the Holy Ghost. 
If your preference is like, my preference in America is not Chinese food. American Chinese food to me is, it's not good like real Chinese food in China. It's different. It's been, it's been tainted by Americans. I love Americans. I'm an American. I'm a patriot. I'm a veteran. But Chinese food in America, not my favorite. I went to a Chinese restaurant one time and, well, many, I've gone many times because I like to share the gospel with the Chinese people in America too, but, um, and there's been times when I wanted to get, I wanted Mexican or Indian or Thai or something spicy that was not sweet in a bunch of sauce that came from some sort of manufacturer somewhere. And, uh, but I went to the Chinese restaurant and I was able to share the gospel even in America. So my preference didn't override what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. Not that it, I mean, there's been plenty of times that I've been selfish and I've allowed my preference to. I'm not perfect, but what I'm saying is, as, as, as much as you let the Holy Spirit get involved with, he'll be involved with. Whether it's your finances, your health, your diet, your family, your children. And so she comes in and the Holy Ghost told me to interview her. So I interviewed her and she's not qualified either and Then the Holy Spirit told me to hire her, and so I hired her, and she got born again, and she got filled with the Holy Spirit, and she went through our discipleship program, and and, and she went through our Bible school, and she graduated, and her best friend came and got saved and started working for us and and went through the the same process, and so then God put it on their hearts as they were praying to want to start to rescue girls from sex trafficking, from human trafficking. And so we got them some resources and they started going to uh, the brothels, taking gifts to the brothel owners and to the girls that were being trafficked to develop relationships. And um, then one day they, they asked one of the brothel owners, they said, would you like to meet an American that can speak Chinese? And he said, I've, I've never met an American that can speak Chinese. Um, much, I've, he said, I've never met an American, much less an American that can speak Chinese. Um, he said something like, uh, and, uh, but if I had said that in English, you would have just thought I was saying in, speaking in tongues. But so, uh, so he said he wanted to meet with me. So I went to his tea shop and I shared the gospel with him and talked to him about my family. He'd bought a, a, a tea farm with a bunch of tea trees on it up in the mountains and he'd started a tea processing plant and he had a tea shop. And so I met with him there and I shared the gospel. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel, he was born again and he repented of his sins. And he shut the brothel down and he set a bunch of girls free and now he's helping us rescue girls from other brothels. Praise God. And so, but it was me overriding my preference and hiring her even though she didn't seem qualified even though she was late. And me taking a step with a group of people to start the restaurant. It was just a lot of things that weren't, they weren't like, uh, let me I get this, get the right. We, I've heard the saying, it goes like this. You miss the supernatural because you're, or maybe you miss the miraculous because you're, I don't know what it is, but anyhow, it doesn't make sense when I think about it, but uh, that was the problem, because they're both the same, basically, but the spectacular, that's the word I'm looking for. You miss the miraculous and the supernatural when you're just looking for the spectacular. Let me say that again. You miss the miraculous and the supernatural if all you're looking for is the spectacular, because 
It wasn't spectacular that day when she, well, it was sort of spectacular that she showed up three hours late for a job interview because <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. I'd have been like, okay, let's just try somewhere else. But we think of somebody that doesn't have an arm and God grows an arm out. That's spectacular. But hiring somebody that showed up late for a job interview doesn't seem spectacular, but it was supernatural. And God used it to perform a miracle because it was a small step of obedience. And so I just encourage you to to just, as I tell these testimonies of what God has done, to believe for God to do some of those same things in your life. And so, uh, so I shared the gospel with him. He got born again. He repented. He shut the brothel down. He set a bunch of girls free. And now he's helping us rescue girls from other brothels. And so now we have two homes with 20 girls in each home that we've rescued from human trafficking. And then we teach them life skills and job skills and business skills. And we're helping them to be set free, delivered, rehabilitated, and healed for the glory of God. And so there's actually a website. It's tshuati.com. And it's on the Facebook um, and so if you go to that website, you can find out about the different products. But we, we, they make coasters and bracelets, and uh, we import tea from Thailand and from China. And we have a roaster in Iowa that we, we bought uh, that we roast the coffee fresh roasted and send it out. Um, and then tea products, and, and um, the, the girls are being not just, not just rescued, but being taught how to live their lives. Because what happens if you rescue girls from human trafficking and then you don't teach them life skills and job skills and give them businesses, they'll sell themselves back into that because the devil will lie to them just like he tries to lie to all of us and say, well, you have no value, you're worthless. But with them, he says, you know, there's a way you can make this money. There's a way you can support yourself. And so he'll pull them back in just like the devil tries to pull all of us back into the things from our past. But the grace of God is there to walk free from sin. And so... Um, we also do ministry in leper villages. There's over a thousand lepers in our province uh, with leprosy. Um, and they've been treated for leprosy, so they're not contagious, most of them. Uh, but they had it, they got leprosy like 70, 80 years ago, some of them, 60, 70, 80 years ago. And so they lost hands and feet and fingers and toes. And so we go in and share the gospel in these villages and build, we build water holding tanks so they can store water during the rainy season uh, to use during the dry season. And also we, we build shower buildings so that they can uh, take showers. So how many of you are thankful for your shower? That was, I got a good response. That's one of the best responses I've ever heard from that question. So I always say, like, if your neighbor didn't raise their hand and they're not thankful for their shower, it's because they like baths. And if they don't like baths, then there's some, there's some empty seats over here. Feel free to move. <laughs> Um, no, just, uh, so, uh, and we've seen entire leper villages. So some of the villages have like three or five people. Some of them have 35, but we've seen one entire leper village of like 35 people that all came to Christ. And so by the grace of God, just sharing the gospel, just meeting practical needs. Um, we have an orphanage in Thailand with 69, uh, Myanmar or Burmese refugee orphans. They're actually Karen uh, minority groups, and, and um, their parents were basically killed in civil war in 
Burma, and um, the kids fled as refugees over into Thailand, and we took one of these refugee camps, and we sponsor them. We feed them and educate them, and we have hired Christian teachers to teach them. Um, and so uh, that's another outreach that we have that you guys have, are, are a part of. Um, and uh, we also send the gospel, not the gospel, we also send resources into North Korea um, to Christians in North Korea and to, um, and the, well, the gospel too. We have, God gave us supernatural uh, wisdom for some software that's kind of like a virus, but we call it, we don't, nobody likes viruses, right? Especially after 2020, 2019, 2021, 2022. <laughs> Forbid it'll be 2023, but um, uh, we call it a probiotic. Because <laughs> what does a probiotic do? It goes inside and it does something that you don't really know what it's doing, but it's helping you, supposedly. I, I'm sure it is, but that's what I've been told at least. And so uh, we created some software that goes on uh, computers and tablets and things that are going into the North Korean government, and it has a pop-up that pops up on it, and it shares the gospel in the Korean language. Um, and then God gave us wisdom. I was on Facebook or watching the news or something, and I saw, how many, anybody likes pigeons here? I saw that they were, people were using pigeons to run drugs between countries. They put little backpacks on them. You can Google it. And if you Google drug running pigeons, so you think when you look at a pigeon, right, that they look all innocent, you think maybe they, they might poop on your car, but you would never think of them as drug runners, right? Have you, anybody in the room ever seen a pigeon and thought, he's shady looking, I think he's a drug runner. <laughs> so you might think, get away from my car, you know, I don't want you pooping on my car, but, so, but they were putting these backpacks on these pigeons and having them run drugs, because they'll fly home back to where they were at. And so um, we, I said, if the devil can use God's pigeons to run drugs, we can use God's pigeons to get resources to, into North Korea. And so we got some fertilized pigeon eggs, and we got them the, the, the parts they needed to build a rudimentary incubator. And they, they hatched out these pigeon eggs. And then you take them like five miles of the north, and they fly back. And then five miles of the south, and they fly back. And... I know that's probably not the north or the south. I don't know what direction I'm standing. but um, And then you take them out 20 miles to the east and they fly back. And then they, you take them further and further. So you train the pigeons. And then they'll always fly back to where they were born. And so we can now put a, a micro SD card on a chip on, the, on, a, on a band on their leg and fly resources and information back to into North Korea. We were able to sneak the pigeons out of North Korea back into China. And now we can... Um, uh, get resources. And so God just has wisdom and ideas for you know, what, what he's called us to do. You want to buy a pigeon? I don't even know what a pigeon... You can only buy a pigeon egg because we... <laughs> so... <laughs> and so uh, God has just been... He's given us wisdom for software, wisdom for a restaurant, wisdom for pigeons, um, wisdom for, to minister in leper villages, um, for, for you know, the, the shower buildings and the water projects. And we go, into, we go into remote villages where they've never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus. And we, I, didn't get, I didn't finish this this morning at the first service. I somehow got my train of thought was derailed this morning. But um, uh, 
we do uh, goat loans. So in China, goat meat is more expensive than like pork or chicken um, or beef. It's kind of a delicacy sort of. And so um, we, do, we take a herd of goats and we loan them out and we teach them how to breed the goats and, the, and as they reproduce and they multiply, it brings the people out of poverty, but it opens up the doors in these villages where they've never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus for us to be able to share the gospel and a reason to be there. And so we also do aquaponic systems. If you, if you don't know what aquaponic system is, it's where you, you raise fish and then you use the water and the fish fertilizer to grow organic vegetables. And so it's a symbiotic relationship where the fish are helping the plants with the fertilizer and the, the plants are cleaning to help purify the water for the fish. And, um, and so we also loan, we build aquaponic systems and we loan the system out. And then if they don't work the system, we repossess the system. So we don't, we're not out any money. Because if you loan somebody money to start a business, then they find their uncle, they own their uncle money and their wife wants a, a diamond ring. Like Pastor was saying, I guess that somebody needs to buy their wife a diamond ring this morning. So. <laughs> this afternoon. Um, and uh, what's the Bible says? With two or three words, let every, everything be established. So that, that was the second time we've heard it. So. Um, <clears throat> And so is somebody, is somebody need to get engaged this morning? Is there like, <laughs> so, but, uh, so we, we do the aquaponic systems and as they work the systems, then they, they're able to uh, get themselves out of poverty, but it opens these remote villages where they've never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus to be able to preach the gospel. And so, um, uh, God's just been so good to us, giving us wisdom and giving us, you know, like I said, it, it wasn't me. I was not the most, like if they, it, you know, when they, I don't know if they still do it, but when I was a kid, they wrote in the yearbook, like, you know, like most likely to succeed. They never wrote least likely to succeed, but if they were going to, my name would have been next to that. But by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the word of God, by the wisdom of God, by the favor of God. And we, we also, we've translated a bunch of books into Chinese. Um, Pastor Mark Hankins' book, um, Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural, and a, a bunch of other books that we've translated. Um, and Brother Jesse Duplantis' book, um, Wanting, a God, Wanting a God You Can Talk To, um, Pastor David, or David Sheeran's book, um, Accepted and Approved. Um, just, I could go through uh, uh, a bunch of other books. We just actually finished, if you've ever heard of... Um, um, Brother Ed and Nancy Dufresne, um, brother, brother, Ed, uh, uh, doctor, um, prophet, whatever you want to, um, his, he has so many titles. Uh, he went home to be with the Lord a few years ago, but he, uh, we translated his wife's book, just finished it. Um, um, and uh, so we're getting resources into the hands of the Chinese nationals. And the reason that, um, one of the reasons that we need to do that is because what happens is like in America, we... If you've been in church for any period of time, you should have a pretty good foundation in the fundamentals of our faith, like the blood of Jesus, the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, the fact that Christ rose from the dead physically, the fact that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, um, the, fact that the, the doctrine of resurrection, the doctrine of eternal judgments, there's, there's doctrines in the Bible that are foundational that separate us from the cults. Yeah. The cults don't believe that Jesus 
was God. They don't believe that he rose, a lot of them don't believe that he rose from the dead. They, 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 and so, but what happens in China is um, people will come from these cults into the house churches that are a bunch of new believers. They don't have a foundation in the word. And they will infiltrate the church and find out, get everybody's phone number in these house churches. And then they call the police and the, and the pastors get arrested. And then they, they're like, we, gotta, we can't let this stop us. We got to rally together and we got to keep going and serving God. And then they start teaching the false doctrine and they'll take over the churches like that. And so we teach the foundational things first and we teach um, uh, hermeneutics, which is Bible interpretation, how to, how to study the Bible without taking scriptures out of context. And, and we, we help the church to be equipped to reach their nation. And so um, with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to your pastor. I'm so thankful for your partnership, for your prayers. Um, just continue to pray for the church in China. We actually had... Um, 11 of our students and one of our instructors that were in jail for um, a little over two years got released several months ago. Um, But as Pastor said, we have so much to be thankful for in America. The freedoms and the opportunities. Um, And and just God has so blessed America that, and and as Pastor said, we have a responsibility to, to take the blessings that we have to share the gospel with our neighbors here in America. And here in Apopka, and here in Florida, and here in America, but also around the world. And so, um, praise God for the blessings. Thank God. You know, I, I like the, love the song that, when she, the way she sung it this morning, um, or the, the way the whole team was singing it, they add that part to it about thanking. I, I, don't, I don't remember what the line is now, but thank you for the victory, which I've, I don't think I've ever heard anywhere else. But um, it's, we need to do more thanking God for what he's given us, for what he's provided, for for the blessings we have in America. Um, We can't thank him enough. Like I said, how do you know when you've thanked God enough? It's when you don't want to stop thanking him. So is there anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that if you died today that you don't know that your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus and that um, you you would go to heaven to be with Jesus? The Bible says for believers, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you're not sure this morning that your sins have been washed away or if you have questions about it or if you want to be born again, you, want to, you say, you know what, I don't qualify to do exploits for God because I don't, I don't know him at all. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never had my sins washed away in the blood of Jesus. Uh, or, if you, or if you have questions about that, raise up your hand, please. Anybody in the room? Praise God. Is there anybody in the room that hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of the initial evidence of speaking in tongues? The Bible says you'll receive the Holy Ghost and you'll be given power to be a witness. If there's anybody in the room that, that, that wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, um, lift up your hand. Anybody? Anybody? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, if, you're, if you were in those categories but, um, and you have questions about that, you can always come to the pastoral staff um, later on. Um, and, uh, the one thing I would encourage you is sometimes, you know, during an altar call, you'll have people close their eyes. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. This time I didn't. Uh, but the, the one thing that you want to remember that the Bible says that if, if you're ashamed of me, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, then I'll be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. And he said, if you, if you'll declare me before men, I'll declare you before my father in heaven. So I encourage you if you are here in this room and you need to make Jesus your Lord. Don't be shy. Come and, come and talk to somebody about it. It doesn't have to be in front of the whole church. 
It doesn't, it doesn't say if you don't declare me before the entire church congregation the first time you visit. Or, the fir- or it, you, you can declare him to one person. So um, find one of the staff, one of the volunteers, one of the leaders here, and, and uh, they'll help you get filled with the Holy Ghost or um, help you to uh, get born again. Praise God. That- Several months ago, I went to the Lord and I said, you know, these are, these are different times we live in right now. You know, years ago, um, we knew that what we needed to do in the body of Christ was teach people the word and grow people in God. But we're, we're getting right down to the very wire here. I said, Lord, what do you want to do? There's two things that have to be done. Number one, the lost need the gospel preached. Number two... The church needs to get full of the Holy Ghost. Those are the two things that we must do now because of the time we're in. When I met Andrew, I, I love the, I, I, I joke about the song, you know, the, the Mission Impossible song. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get to know God, he'll send you to do what you can't do without grace. Because if you know how to do it. He doesn't need you there. He wants you to not know what you're doing. So you'll follow him. But you know, I was at Copeland's one time. I flew into Copeland's and I landed and I got to meet Kenneth. And he came up and handed us money and filled our tanks up with gas. And he said, um, I'm going to give you some money because I don't want the Lord to send me doing what you're doing. So I'm going to help you. Whether you know it or not, I took a small twin-engine airplane and flew it to the Philippines from right here at Orlando Country Airport. And he said, I'd rather you do it than me, so I'm going to help you. Well, I don't really want to go to China. And I don't want to learn Mandarese either or any of that other stuff. I don't, and I don't want to eat all their food. I don't, there's a lot of things I don't want to do. But when I meet people like Andrew, I want to get behind him. That means that he's also got, how many Bible schools do you have? Oh, oh, here. oh there we go. Sorry. Um, so we have 11 small schools in China, one in Laos and one in Myanmar with over 318 students. And so that's the main focus of our ministry. That's how we're really able to do everything else we do is because our Bible school students, not only do they study the word, but they're required to graduate. They have to be actively involved in the outreach ministries to learn how to do hands-on ministry. So. Yes. So do you think it's profitable? Yeah. Amen. So, you, you know, um, you say, well, well, we're supporting a lot of stuff. Let me tell you something. There's never pressure. Never allow a minister to put pressure on you. You pray, Father, what do you want me to do if he says nothing then you do nothing but if he starts dealing with your heart step in and obey God you'll never have a miracle until you get in a place where you need one you know I have people all the time come to church and say pastor I don't I've never seen a miracle I said you should go to India you'll need one to get in and one to get out if you never get in a position where you need a miracle you won't have one if you're going to obey God, but if he tells you to do something, do it. Even if you don't have the money, do it anyway, because he'll get the money to you. So I just wanted you to meet 
um, Andrew, wanted you to pray for him. Wanted you to get behind him. If you'd like to sow something, uh, we're going to take up another offering now and sow it to him. If you want to consider supporting him on a monthly basis, as a church, we will continue to support him as a monthly basis. Amen. Are y'all excited about that? So, so as of now, Mark Hankins' books are in how many different countries? God knows how many. They just translated one of Mark's into Chinese. So we support Mark because his books go all over the world. You're getting the gospel out. Till Osborne said the best way to get the gospel out is to seed it. You preach, but you leave books. And that seeds the gospel. So anytime we see somebody who's really making an effect, I, I want seed in the ground. I want to stand before God and he go, what'd you do with what I gave you? I said, well, this is what we did. Amen. So if you want to be a part of that, then, be, then I'm just going to pray right now. Are y'all ready? Father, thank you right now for Andrew. Thank you that you sent him here, that we were able to open our doors this morning. And to hear a testimony of girls coming out of, out of uh, sex trafficking, lepers being born again, people prospering, Bible school students going all over China. Father, and pigeons flying into North Korea. We've heard all kinds of stuff. But Father God, bless the work of this man's hand and bring him increase. And I command the angels to go out now and bring the finances that he needs into him to do everything that he needs to do in the name of Jesus. And every person today, Father, that sows into his ministry, we thank you for good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Be sown into us in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.